0: That's right, Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Full by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'm going to be on the radio now. honey you can talk.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Susan Wingate, and I am the host of Dialogue Between the Lines, where each week we meet with another fiction author, an agent of, a, of fiction authors, or publishers of fiction and um, i'm really excited to uh, have on the show today jonathan evison who will be joining me in just a couple minutes but um, i want to tell you a little bit about uh, the show we started out in 2010 as a platform for fiction authors because there were very few actually at the time Um, and i shouldn't say that there were a lot but you had to pay to be on and uh, my friend and an amazing author joshua graham and i decided that's just bull and we wanted to um have a free platform where people could promote their books their work and uh where they were um where their appearances were so um that's how it started and it's just been going uh, gangbusters ever since and um and i'm I'm happy to have on new authors and authors who have been, uh, you know, working in the field for many, many years. We've had Scott Tarot on. We've had David Morrell who wrote Rambo. We've had Frank Peretti, who wrote The Oath. We've had Jerry Jenkins with the Left Behind series. We've had Debbie Macomber. um, just a ton of people, uh, as well as people that are just starting out in their careers. So if you're interested in being an author on Dialogue, please go to my website susanwingate.com and scroll down all the way to the bottom of the page it's a very short page and you can click on the link for the radio show for dialogue and then you can you can see how to contact me and um you can also contact me just directly at facebook and twitter and linkedin and google plus and all those great social sites so um So, and you can also find my books all over there, too, Um, and you can find all of my books if you're interested in reading any of them, The Deer Effect won six book awards in 2015 and 2016, and so that one is is doing very well, and if you're interested in reading it, you can find me on Amazon, again, SusanWingate.com, but today, today... Is a special day because I have on a friend, um, somebody who I consider a friend, distantly, of course, because he lives across the pond from me. But um, Jonathan Evison is an American writer best known for his novels All About Lulu, West of Here, The Revised Fundamentals of Caregiving, and This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance. His work, often distinguished by its emotional resonance and offbeat humor, has been compared by critics to a variety of authors, most notably J.D. Salinger, Charles Dickens, T.C. Boyle, and John Irving. And Sherman Alexie is called Evison the most honest white man alive, which I think is hysterical. Um, You can find all of his books on uh, Amazon as well as JonathanEvison.net. And Jonathan is spelled J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. There's no H. There's only one H in that. Um, But I I want to tell you a little bit about his latest novel called Lawn Boy. Uh, For Mike Munoz, a young Chicano living in Washington State, Life has been a whole lot of waiting for something to happen. Not too many years out of high school and still doing menial work and just fired from his latest gig as a lawn boy on a landscaping crew, he knows that he's got to be the one to shake things up if he's ever going to change his life. But how? In this funny, angry, and touching, ultimately deeply inspiring novel, best-selling author Jonathan Evison takes the reader into the heart and mind of a young man on a journey to discover himself, a search to find the secret to achieving the the American dream of happiness and prosperity. That's the birthright for all Americans, isn't it? If so, then what is Mike Munoz's problem? Though he tries time and again to get his foot on the first rung of that ladder to success, he can't seem to catch a break. But then things start to change for Mike. And after a raucous, jarring, and challenging trip, he finds he can finally see the future and his place in it. And it's looking really good. Jonathan, you are on the air. This sounds like so much fun. I can't wait to uh, read this. I haven't read it yet, but it sounds awesome.
0: Well, Thanks for having me.
1: You are so welcome. Um, I'm going to call you Johnny, because sure. you said I could. That's what I like. <laughs> so, Johnny, tell us about Lawn Boy and um, and and really, what inspired you to write this story? It's a, a, a I'm sensing a coming of age uh, novel. And uh, what what provoked this this creative inspiration here?
0: Well, you know, for many years, I wanted to write a novel about class in America. And I always kind of thought I'd take a sort of a broader tack, like I did with West of Here, kind of a multi-generational saga across time and space with many points of view and just sort of explore, explore, you know, class in America. But um, what happened was I was, uh, I was under contract for my second book I was supposed to deliver for, for my last book contract. And... um I was I was about to deliver it. I was getting close, and and I just decided that I hated it, and so I threw it away. I like literally just you know dragged it into the garbage, and the center just wouldn't hold. We can go into that later. My failures, but uh, so I was afraid to tell my publisher. I was afraid to tell my agent. I didn't want to tell anybody that uh, I threw away the book that I had signed a contract for, and they were expecting it. And so at that moment in my artistic life, uh, I was just feeling a little bit hemmed in by the career, uh, just feeling like I, I, a machine, like I needed to produce this novel, and I wasn't happy with it, and I don't want to put a novel out that uh, I'm not completely happy with. It hasn't happened yet. So uh, I didn't tell anybody about it, and I, 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 felt, I, I felt the need to work. See, I always feel the need to work. The working comes far, far before the career. I wrote eight books before I ever had a career. Uh, it's just something I do to, I just need the focused activity. So, you know, writing is just sort of my mental health distal. I need big, big, long periods of focused time and activity. And so I started writing this blog anonymously. I didn't want anybody to know about it. I mean, I wanted people to find it, but I didn't want my my camp to know about it or whatever. And, I started this blog called Mike Munoz Saves the World, and it was just uh, from the perspective of this uh, 22-year-old biracial landscaper, uh, you know, working working in wealthy people's yards while living on the, the reservation across the bridge on Bimberch Island, the Aga Pass Bridge, which they call the service entrance. And uh, I just started writing this blog, and it was mostly Mike just sort of uh, rhapsodizing about landscaping and also complaining about uh, the vagaries of working for his jerky boss, uh, you know, Lacey and, 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 and being treated like a lackey by his clients, even though he was a skilled tradesperson. you know, uh, I know this is myself. I, as a, I fell into landscaping by default thirties is the long line of many jobs when I was a starving artist. And, uh, you know, I would work in these yards like Mike and, and the wealthy people, they never knew your name. But they didn't really treat you as like a, they didn't treat you as like any kind of skilled trade person. They just kind of treated you as their personal lackey. It's just like you know any kind of labor was labor to them. So you'd end up like stacking boxes in their garage, or they'd ask you to wheel their garbage out to the curb, or you know whatever, wash their car, or anything. And um, so Mike just was complaining about that stuff, and also uh, sort of using the blog as his platform to rail about social inequities, uh, you know, you know, wealth disparity, social injustice, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I I found after probably, I don't know, fifteen twenty thousand 20,000 words of writing, writing this voice, writing this blog, which is just like an endless scroll, you know, it was just like, you know, monkey poop, Brown, uh, you know, nineties <laughs> HTML, just an endless scroll, you know, um, after about 15,000 words of that, I realized that I had found the voice. I found all I needed, uh, in terms of, uh, an aperture into, to class in America, which is just this one irreverent working class voice. And so, um, eventually I just sort of uh, stopped working on the blog and, and started to reimagine this thing as a novel, uh, with Mike's first person voice, which like I said, was so far removed from where I thought I'd begin this novel. But, um, it ended up being the perfect lens to to really hone in on class in America and you know changing class indicators and you know uh, the, the the this you know uh, wealth disparity and you know the consolidation of wealth et cetera et cetera et cetera and the changing American dream.
1: Oh wow! Well, that was
0: <laughs> you get that? Sorry, yeah, this no, it's right.
1: awesome. It's awesome um and it's brave that you decided to toss a novel. I uh I have had that happen where I was under contract for the third, well the second and third book for the Bobby's Diner series and I I was in such a crunch for to do the third. I hated it. I hated it. It went out, but I it was the worst, I think. I just hated that book. So that you did it was very brave. Um and and smart because inevitably it's not going to be your best work if you're feeling like you have to do something and you don't enjoy it um but you've got to be going crazy now i mean having written this story um and living in the united states as it is today with an administration that is trying to force out people of color and uh and people that are disenfranchised at some level. How does that make you feel?
0: Well, I'm avoiding it as much as possible, hiding in the woods. I do my due diligence, you know. I send a check monthly to the Southern Law Poverty Center, and, you know, uh a Sierra Club, and I have four or five charities I send money to, and, uh, you know, I sign petitions, but ultimately, like, I try not to turn on the news, I mostly get my news scrolling through Facebook and, and, and uh I'm not somebody who uh I'm not somebody who unfriends people who don't share my political you know, like I I kinda of believe right. in whatever, keeping, keeping the enemy close. I don't even want to call him the enemy, just whatever. I I yeah. like to I like to hear, you know, that's what we do as novelists, man. I gotta have my finger on the pulse of the culture and I feel like I really have a better idea of the zeitgeist uh that way than I do watching, you know, uh you know the evening news or, or 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 you know reading uh you know mainstream media
1: yeah i just yeah.
0: I, I just hear hearing what people think and you know, so
1: how I think different it's pretty
0: obvious which side of the political spectrum i stand on but you know
1: right so what what um how different is your uh is, is west of here uh, had incredible acclaim it was and all of your books have but I, I i remember seeing all of the great reviews and and everything for west of here and uh um how how far removed is Lawn boy from west of here is it is, do you feel like it somehow is falling into the same kind of uh
0: theme that Lawn Boy is? Well, I mean, I only have a few themes. All the books look really different on the surface, but I mean, I'm pretty much primarily concerned with, you know, people reinventing themselves, period, or trying to inch their way towards self-realization. It always always starts with character with me, uh, and, you know, West of Here is really no different. I mean, there's 70 characters and 50 points of view, but really, the, 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 the... the protagonist of the story is place is the Olympic peninsula kind of usurped the position of protagonist for that novel. And then all the ancillary characters sort of act like the decisions usually act for a protagonist. They sort of complicate the journey and, uh, you know, uh, complicate the journey at the, the, the place and, and, you know, sort of uh, create its destiny. So it, as big as West of here looks on the surface, it's really a character study like all my books. That's all I'm really concerned with is, is the human experience. People, I'm uh, you know I, I I have I have other themes. You know, masculinity and crisis is one I explore. Um, you know, I'm I'm somewhat socially engaged, but I don't like to write like uh, I'm not into writing uh, what I would call partisan fiction. I don't. I, I just my job as a novelist is to open the dialogue and ask questions, not to answer them. So I don't like to grind my political axes or anything like that. It always bugged me when Steinbeck did that, you know, I mean, like, uh, I love the grapes of wrath because here it is. It's essentially the same book as in dubious battle, but one is a, you know, political polemic and one is just the story of a family in which the, the themes are sublimated in the characters. And and that's how I, I like to approach it. I like to sublimate my themes in, in my characters. I don't like to create this apparatus of, um, you know, this apparatus that's indicative of the social pressures or whatever. I mean, I want those to be working on the characters on the outside, but I want them to be sort of, um, vividly realized in the just daily moments of their lives rather than, you know, calling attention to them. I think it's a, I don't know. I think it's a more persuasive way to, to, uh, start a dialogue really without getting everybody's, uh, tackles up or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think uh Anna Karenina uh, you know Tolstoy of course is a master at at doing that very thing um sublimating theme within the character's journey and uh and converging in this this concept this idea of how class and and life and the political community works together and how it it vomits out people and their and the, the characters of course and and the end result of of all of the uh everything that makes up the character which is a huge part the community of course like you said with um west of here being um your uh, your community your place being the um the protagonist which is awesome i love i love that when uh, writers do that so um Kudos to you on on that. And I like that you uh, take the idea of reinventing uh, the character or having the character reinvent themselves, but you, the author, uh, reinventing the character, because it sounds like that you did that in your life, in your early life. Is that right?
0: Well, I guess. I mean, I just kind of feel like I am in myself. That's why I think... You know, I'm pretty much living my dream at this point. You know, I was a starving artist for, and I was happy then because even then I was kind of living my dream. I just didn't have two houses and a hot tub and all that stuff, but I was just just doing it and being empowered to just do my work and have that sense of purpose and 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 just be able to completely be myself and fly my free flag and 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 write the exact work I want to work I want to write and not you know bow to the pressures of you know external forces. Uh, whether they're consumer or commercial or political, I just want you know. So I kind of feel like that is the American dream now. You just have to invent yourself. You have to, you know, escape the, uh, you know, the crushing effects of capitalism and and the stultifying effects of, you know, uh, uh, well, sorry, I'm a little foggy today. I've, you know, identity okay. politics and just. Sort of engage the world on your own terms and invent yourself and and just you know uh uh instead of bowing to the external pressures that try to you know the external pressures of the status quo that are trying to shape you you just you just you find a way to make them work with your vision of what you want your life to be and and i think that's that's what the American dream is now i mean I don't think the 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 old american dream the post war american you know Two car garage three point five kids single income supporting a family that, that's a that's a illusion at this point you know so i think the um you know what i'm saying that that's kind of that's kind of looked at this novel as sort of a progress report on the american dream and that, that's what I was able to come up with i mean you know first you have to just uh you have to acknowledge how race and class thwart expectation and opportunity and um and and, and and accept that, uh, you know, if, if you come from a place of, uh, uh, you know, racially or social, politically or economically from a disadvantaged place, you just have to work that much harder um, and be that much more resourceful and, and maybe that much more courageous. But, I mean, I really still do believe anybody can make anything happen for themselves, um, whether or not there's a, you know, uh, uh, you know, political infrastructure put in place to do that or not. You just have to invent your life. And, and, yeah. and you know, I mean, really what came down for me is just completely limiting my opportunities to do anything but be a novelist, you know. I worked nothing but menial jobs for 25 years. I didn't have a college education. So, you know, by the time I hit my mid-30s and I'm just taking whatever job I can by default, you know, caregiving, landscaping. I worked at a freaking ice cream store, man. I sorted, you know, rotten tomatoes for the United Grocers. I telemarketed sunglasses. I checked gas meters. I worked as a busboy, a waiter, a bartender, uh, you know, just literally just about every job you could think of. And just, you know, what I was doing is just bit by bit limiting my options to do anything but be a novelist. Maybe that's the key, you know, just don't leave yourself any choice, but to be the thing, you just, you, you just, you, you compromise everything but the thing that you really want to do. And I think it usually, you know, like in my case, it took, you know, 25 years. But, I mean, I do believe it could still happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's great limiting yourself to and basically narrowing your options to become the thing you want to be. You were either destined to be an author or an actor, I think. <laughs> that's well, you what you know, hear. the
0: funny thing is, is I I'm a terrible actor. I'm really wooden. I mean I I could be on I could be myself like on radio or TV or whatever no problem. I have no I'm comfortable in front of cameras but I'm a terrible actor. Every time I, I mean if I write the lines myself I have a fighting chance but if somebody gives me a script I'm awful. What I realized about actors even though like like a method actor and a writer seem like in, in a lot of ways they share this skill set to be able to um to be able to inhabit the other. You know what I mean? This otherness. And, and it seems like yeah. the same skill set on the surface, but I think writers are tend to be, and I've hung out with tons of actors uh, as well as writers. I, I, think, I think writers tend to be a little more self-conscious and um, a little more uh, uh, cerebral, whereas actors, actors are going to hate me for saying this, tend to be ciphers a little bit. Like there isn't, they don't, I mean, I know a lot of actors that really aren't big personalities. They're huge on the screen, but like, When you meet them off the screen, I mean, like A-list stars, they're just not. I mean, Brando wasn't a big personality, or James Dean wasn't a big personality. um, Aside from the window dressing and the imaging, I mean, uh, but I think that's what allows them. I think it's there's almost a sort of lack of self going on with some of the best actors, whereas I think there's a whole lot of self going on with the writers. And um, even though it ends up being a, you know, I don't, I don't, am I making any sense?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I
0: because I, I I th- you would think it would the two things would cross, but you know, Sam Shepard's like the only guy that can do both. Um, unless yeah. you're going to use Sean Penn as
1: an example. <laughs> yeah. Well, it. let's not use Sean Who Penn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but I love that you uh, uh, you care you you are discussing this about actors and and um, and, and basically. Learning character, because that's all we do. I think the difference between an actor unless they're doing several uh roles in the same uh performance uh, what authors tend to do is they tend to inhabit all of the characters all of the time in in the in the place where they set the story um that's a lot going on, so I think you're right about the the uh the possibility that authors or writers are a little more cerebral they 're stuck in their head most of the time. I mean it takes me a good two hours to get out of my head after my husband comes home and to actually talk like a human being again rather than somebody that 's living in a story um, but But the inhabiting of the character I once heard somebody and i can 't remember for the life of me who it was that said that. Um, when we are developing a character, when we are learning to uh, this character, you basically have to zip up the character's skin over your body and over your head and down your neck and and get into the skin of that character to have it resonate. Oh, yeah. for,
0: That's what fiction is, the exercise of empathy. It's probably the greatest, yeah. greatest one humans have ever created no other art form you know i love music music informs my writing probably as much as writing informs my writing i love the visual arts i love cinema but none of them none of them invite collaboration of the end user nearly as intimately or broadly as the novel does i can yeah. as a novelist i can try to create effects till i'm blue in the face but i still i still i, I still need the reader to work work with me you know it's like a dance and you know, the reader's got to do everything I got to do backwards and heels, and so yeah. uh, you know, it's it, it's all about empathy, and that's really another reason I do it. I mean, a is, is like I said, the focused activity, and then the second part of it is it just feel like a more expansive person. If I finish a novel and I literally walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, or you know, whatever, four hundred pages, it's a lot more than a mile. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like a year and a year and a half in somebody else's shoes and uh, I come out at the end of it having a crude experience that's not available to my specific purvey in a you know a quotidian sense. You know what I mean? I've 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 I've, I've jumped through an empathic window and, and, and had an experience that I I otherwise don't have access to. And I can't help but that think that that doesn't, you know, make me a better person somehow, better husband, uh, you know, better friend, better Dad, whatever. I mean just a yeah. pretty good way to improve yourself. I mean the way I'm the way I'm approaching it anyway.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, you're you're deeply into character and um I know that you're super busy and so I'm going to um keep this as short as possible but i wanted to uh i just am thrilled that you're on the show so thank you again for being on the show everybody we're speaking with jonathan Evison. you can find johnny at jonathan com, and that's j-o-n-a-t-h-a-n net. excuse me dot .net. Yeah, net and you can find everybody's johnny. doing dot com dot com doing i dot com. Dot com.
0: <laughs> no. um, There's at, a there's a maven. Facebook a and Twitter maven. and everything like that, right?
1: Go ahead, say it again. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I was just saying that there's a coupon maven in London named Jonathan Everson, who's taken taken my domain. a dot com. Yeah, he's like this guy. He's, that's what he does. He's like he's a maven for coupons. He's always he, he has some kind of blog where he teaches people, you know, how to save money on everything. Uh, Oh, wow. But he he occupies that unique cultural place. Yeah, so it's net. And, yeah, uh, Yeah. I'm very active on Facebook. Twitter, yeah, I I got lots of followers, but I I don't tweet very much. I I just don't like the the form.
1: And we can find you on Amazon, too, where all your books are. But also, tonight, you're going to be at the University Bookstore in Seattle at 7 p.m. Is that right?
0: I believe so, yeah, with Terry Cazzioli the host of Well Read. So it'll be a, kind of an interview. interview oh, awesome. Format. Oh, that'll
1: be fun. That'll be really Yeah, nice. no, that's and, nice.
0: It takes all the pressure off me.
1: Yeah, and I want also people to to know that if you are interested in going to see Jonathan Evison, about Lawn Boy, his latest novel, which we're talking about today. um, uh, You can find him at, again, jonathanevison.net, and click on the um, Lawn Boy uh, link, and it takes you over to his tour schedule. So, um, hey, Johnny, I thank you so much for being on the show. I know you're super busy, and I want to give – get you on and off as fast as possible because I know that you're uh, working toward tonight. So thanks again for being on the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: You're welcome. It's been really fun. It's great to hear your voice again. I haven't seen you in a couple years.
0: Yeah, it's been a while.
1: It's been a while. So um, everybody again, JonathanEvison.net. And um Have a great tour. I know you're super busy, and Lawn Boy. We're talking about Lawn Boy. So have a a great evening tonight, and uh, do well.
0: And you enjoy spring if it ever gets here.
1: Yeah, it might. (laughs) All right, everybody, thank you for listening to um, dialogue between the lines again we were speaking with Jonathan Evison and you can find Jonathan Evison at net, and you can find me Susan Wingate at susanwingate.com and um, all, all my books are there on my website but you can also get in touch with me through the dialogue link there if you're an interested uh, author and if you're not and you just want to read books hey it's got a bunch of books there too my website does and um, you can find find me on facebook and twitter and all of those social sites and all of my books are available through amazon.com so everybody until next week i am gonna be digging the weather bye bye